With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast of The Michael Graham Show is brought to you by Matt Hermes. If you have a high-end home and you're looking to sell, call Matt at Keller Williams Realty. Matt Hermes specializes in luxury homes in areas like Hamilton Mill, Sugarloaf, Chateau Elan, and more. For more information, visit atlantahomesguru.com forward slash radio. wants to end the automatic right of citizenship for anyone born in the country, and he plans to immediately rescind President Obama's executive order. It's to make them feel special and um, help them understand that, that by participating, being part of the team, by completing the season, they are a star. It's to make them feel special and um, help them understand that, that by participating, being part of the team, by completing the season, they are a star. This is the Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067. You may have seen that I recently launched a Snapchat account. I love it. Those messages disappear all by themselves. Good morning. It's 904 at News Radio 1067. Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show, renowned, spoiler of women, known enemy of the jihad. And yes, I'm that guy who comes to work when he's sick. I am <laughs> that guy, and I'm being that guy today. But a couple things that, and apparently it's going around this kind of throat thing, sore throat, summer cold. Anyway, it hit me Saturday. I uh, spent all day yesterday pretty much in bed and vitamined up. And then today I'm coating my body regularly in, oh, crap. This isn't a germ killer. This is loot. Oh, honey, don't use the bottle. No, I'm kidding. I got my gel right here, my germ killing gel. And of course, through the radio, virtually no germs can spread. All I can spread is the natural truth, the way the world really is. You know it. I know it. The American people know it. I'm Bob. Did you like my, by the way, how's the, how's the voice doing for you? You know, my wife said, you know, you sound extra. Because normally I have that really high tenor, Barney Fife. Or, you know, worse, Gomer Pyle, you know, guns are going, citizens arrest, citizens arrest. Now I've got my good Barry White pipes. How am I sending in there, Matt Door? Am I sending, am I making you hot? Yeah, get big thumbs up, yeah. So I'll be trying to put that groove on the ladies today. Today is a huge day for tens of thousands of young Georgians because today is the first day of class for UGA and the first day of class for Georgia Tech. And, of course, thousands of those kids, it's their first day of college. Kids, congratulations on launching yourself on a path that will cost you and your family tens of thousands of dollars and virtually accomplish nothing. Sorry. I hate to have the bad news for you. As we're going to talk about what it means to uh, go to college in the era of 2015 when uh, uh, success is presumed when... There's no connection between self-esteem and accomplishment. And when there's a 50-50 chance that the job you end up with will have no connection 
to the college degree you get, assuming you get it. I don't know if, how many of you know this, but about half of all college students never graduate. They drop out. They still have the student loan debt, but they drop out. So today is that day. And if you're a mom or dad who has tucked your kid off into college, if you took them to orientation last week for Georgia, Georgia Tech, I can't wait to hear from you at 844-404-1067. We're also hoping that on the confession hotline, you'll be able to share with us your best one sentence of advice for Someone headed off to college. Maybe when you went off to college, your mom or dad or Uncle Fred or a neighbor or somebody put their arm around you and said, son, what was that one piece of advice? Or maybe when you finished college, you look back on college and said, you know, you know what I wish somebody had told me before I started college? What would that be? I'm hoping to hear that from you today because there are thousands of people out there, many of them. Them and their parents are listening right now to News Radio 106.7, starting off their big first day of college. And so the advice could not be more timely. The confession hotline is 404-436-2007. 404-436-2007. And don't forget, when you uh, call, leave your email address because we love giving away valuable prizes to the best confession hotline call. We usually play them around 11.45 in the morning. Eight. Um... A former congressman has raised the question yet again. When you here's how it works. When you become an American citizen, you have to take a civics test if you want to vote in our elections. And so you let's say you were born in whatever, you know, uh, Ireland and you want to vote in an American election. You have to pass a basic civics test. But if you're born in America. And you want to choose the next leader of the free world. You have to do nothing. You just have to show up. And in fact, if you're a Democrat, someone else will show up for you several times. Nothing. And so uh, it's been suggested yet again that all voters should be required to take a civics test, not just voters who were born elsewhere and became naturalized citizens. And I wonder what you think of that. Idea. There's upsides and downsides. You can read about it on my blog at michaelgram.com right now. But uh, it's an interesting question, particularly as we discuss immigration. We are definitely going to be talking Donald Trump's immigration plan. In fact, at 930, Mark Krikorian, the head of the Center for Immigration Studies, is going to give you the natural truth on the plan. He's going to lay out everything you need to know. But I will say this. It's got me smiling. Not smiling as much as Ann Coulter, but it's got me smiling. Something else that has got me smiling is James Harrison with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, I'm not a big Steelers fan. Uh, Don't tell that to Dan Rooney, who was uh, he was the uh, ambassador to Ireland for a while. And I got to hang out with him and he was a very gracious host. And I said lots of nice things about the Steelers, but I'm not a big Steelers fan. What I like about James Harrison, he's the guy who has a couple of sons who were playing uh little league sports and they came home with these trophies you can see the trophies they're fancy looking trophies you can see them at my facebook page michael graham show and he said well what did you get these trophies for and he was told they are participation trophies so he posted on his facebook page while i'm proud of my boys for everything they do and encourage them till the day i die these trophies will be given back until they earn a real trophy i'm sorry uh, James Harrison says, 
But I'm not sorry for believing that everything in life should be earned. And I'm not about to raise two boys to be men by making them believe that they are entitled to something just because they tried their best. Because sometimes your best is not enough, uh, Harrison says. And uh, so uh, he sent the trophies back. Now, lots of moms posted lots of upset. I can't believe you make the poor kids give the trophy back. But he absolutely did good for him. And here's possibly why he did. Harrison entered the NFL as an undrafted free agent in 2002. So he had nothing. He started off, you know, on less than a level playing field. The other guys he was competing with had been picked to play there. He didn't even make it. How many rounds in the draft? Are like three rounds, four, but eight rounds, seven. Oh, seven. That's okay. I've never seen anyone give me hand signals that way. But anyway, yeah, but my point is, you know, they have so many rounds. They cover, they pick a lot of people. For you to show up, not even making those first rounds, you really are in the back of the pack. He ended up getting cut repeatedly before he finally, and once again, he started in 2002. He finally gets on a team, gets cut several times, finally gets on the Steelers in 2007, finally gets to play, and since then he's been to five Pro Bowls and was named to the NFL's first-team All-Pro squad twice, 67 and a half sacks along the way. Now, so here's a guy who literally had to go out and earn it, didn't get picked, Back of the line, cut from teams, and when he got his chance, boom, he became a Pro Bowl player. He's looking at his kids going, excuse me, they gave you a trophy for what? Daddy, don't take away our trophies. Sorry, Junior. When you earn one, I will happily put it here on the wall. So you tell me at 844-404-1067, is uh, James Harrison a great football player but a lousy dad? Is he making the right decision? Is he being too mean? And uh, what do you do at your house when the participation trophies come in the door? Because, ladies and gentlemen, if you get it just for showing up, it's not a trophy. A trophy is an award. A trophy is something you get for your accomplishment. If you get it just for showing up, it's not a trophy. It's a souvenir. If you get it just because you were on the team and the season ended... It's not a trophy. It's a lovely parting gift. It's basically the home game of Wheel of Fortune. That's what you got. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. How many kids do you have out here today? About 650. And how many kids will get trophies? All 650. You think this is a good idea? We think it's a great idea. It's to make them feel special and um, help them understand that, that by participating, being part of the team, by completing the season, they are a star. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, get paid. It's time 18. Michael Graham, coming up at the bottom of the hour, Mark Krikorian with the Center for Immigration Studies. We're going to lay out the Trump plan for illegal immigration, the stuff he gets right. Trump is absolutely on the right path, particularly on the issue of birthright citizenships. That's coming up at the bottom of the hour. Right now we're talking about uh, the Steelers player, uh, James Harrison, who took the participation <clears throat> trophies away from his kids and upset a lot of people because he announced it publicly saying it's not a trophy if you didn't earn it. And he's right. 
Why are we doing this story first out of the box today? I'll tell you why. It's because you and men are sending your kids off to college today. First day at UGA and Georgia Tech. And this, this was a great point an HBO reporter made covering a similar story. A recent survey revealed that a third of college students say they deserve at least a grade of B if they simply attended most classes in a course. They deserve it because they've been told over and over and over again through their whole lives. They, you just, if you want it, you should get it. And so we're pumping college kids through the college system who go through the whole, they actually tell teachers, you have to give me this A, or this grade, whatever the grade is they need. They demand the grades. <laughs> and, they, and the teachers will do the work. Oh, no, no, I'm not doing the work. You have to give me the grade. Well, where did you learn that? Well, they learned it pretty much their entire lives in modern America. 844-404-1067 is uh, the Steelers player doing the right thing by taking his son's trophies away. Bart, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Uh, it sounds kind of rough. I don't think it's that bad. Um, I think they'll probably thank him in the long run. When I was growing up, uh, my brother uh, participated in, in uh, team sports, and he got the trophy for the end of the year, you know. And I just couldn't compete because I was too big for my age and my, my for the size. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I'm just going to go out and, and uh, I'll play tennis and I'll get bigger trophies. And I did. Good. Good for you. And, That's excellent. And as far as the college thing goes, mm-hmm. um, I – I always, from the, when I was little, I wanted to be a marine biologist. Mm-hmm. Well, I couldn't even make it through the first year. So I didn't, I didn't <laughs> deserve to get a, a, a marine biology degree or, you know, and I saw right. the guys on, um, one of the guys on um, Animal Planet that's a vet, a vet, and I'm like, God, he made it through vet school. I couldn't even make it through the first right. year. And, you know, there's nothing wrong. We, we do what we do. We are what we are. We have our skills and we don't. But the fact is, to theoretically, you need to be able to do something. Look, if... If you honestly believe that the college degree should just be there because, well, everyone needs a college degree, then just mail them out. Just mail them out. Stop wasting everybody's time. We have turned the college degrees into participation awards. Everybody, Hillary Clinton says everybody should be able to go to in-state college and not have to pay, borrow money to pay tuition. Everybody should go. Everybody. Think about the dumbest kids in your class. Should they go? Really? They should go. Think about the laziest kids in your class. Maybe you were the laziest kid in your class. Should you have gone? Just, hey, you just go. We'll pay for it. Just go. No, of course not. It's, it, and so what happens to college diplomas is the same thing that happens to trophies. You go to, a, to someone's house now and you see a wall of trophies in their kid's room. Do you think, wow, that kid must be really talented? Or do you think, wow, that kid really showed up at a lot of games? Because everybody gets a trophy. It's the same thing. 844-404-1067. Dennis, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Well, hello, sir. I appreciate you getting me on the phone. Happy to. Um, uh, I think think you did a great job giving those trophies back. Um, When my kids were young, we were living in Europe, and they were playing soccer against Mm -hmm. Germans. Uh Uh, And they were on an American team. The Americans couldn't play against Germans because right. they have a different philosophy playing soccer. Um, and they gave kids, my kids, trophies for playing against the Germans. It's like, guys, this is wrong. And not only did they give them to them, but the parents had to pay for those trophies. <laughs> <laughs> it's I, like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, I don't think that's 
pay and it's giving them anymore. Once you have to pay for them, I think you're moving to a little. It's like, uh, uh, have you ever gotten the thing about you want to be, we're going to list you in who's who. You're an exemplary so-and-so. We want to list you in who's who. And then you look at it. Yeah. If you pay us X number of dollars, we'll list you in who's who. So you don't want to list me. You just want my check. And if I give you the check, okay, I get it. David, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Go right ahead. Yeah, I think the father is absolutely correct. Here's a classic example that was announced last week. The entering freshman class, University of Georgia, Athens mm-hmm. campus, is 3.91 grade point average. Right. All right. Now, you can't get much past that. Uh, and I think if you drop that down to half a grade or more, mm-hmm. then you probably get a realistic idea of the actual capabilities of the students. Part of this is the hope scholarship that was supposed yep. to keep the best students in Georgia and it turned into let's try to keep as many students here as possible and get them into school. Now there's pressure on teachers for great inflation. Absolutely. And as a result, there's uh, the teachers are pressured for great inflation. Then you go to college, oh, well, you don't want to flunk little Johnny out even though he can't spell <laughs> up. Exactly. And now the Hope Scholarship people, if I hear the kids got a Hope Scholarship, I look at them twice because I don't even know whether this kid can read and write properly mm-hmm. because when they go to college, their flunk out rate is extraordinary and the money spent on their tuition is flushed down the mm-hmm. tubes. And not only that, but the addition of the Hope Scholarship money has not made college more affordable. What's happened is the price of college has gone straight up to absorb all of that money. And I've mentioned this a couple of times, but there was a new study out just last week that every new dollar in tax funding that we give to colleges results in a 65 cents increase in costs. Even though the stuff that colleges use, like computers and tech and books, because who needs books anymore thanks to Kindle, have gone straight down. So the money is going straight to this massive growing bureaucracy. And that bureaucracy is in the business of attending children who expect it. You see the results most visibly in the lazy rivers and rock climbing walls and increasingly luxurious dorms that colleges use to compete for students. But such a shift does not limit itself to extraneous amenities, uh, writes uh, Megan McArdle in uh, Bloomberg View. Professors marvel at the way students now shamelessly demand to be given good grades, regardless of their work ethic. But that's exactly what you'd expect if the student views themselves as a consumer and the product as a credential rather than an education. And that's what we've done. We've turned uh, the college system into a, uh, I'm here to buy my credential. You're here to take care of me. I'm bringing tens of thousands of dollars of revenue with me, which they are. And therefore, the, and so the college is in the business of sucking out all the money. The kid is in the business of having the biggest party that he can. Uh, and everyone's in the business of giving the kid the degree and the grade, no matter what, because that's, the scam system. And I can't think of a better description of what the scam system is about. Let's play this audio one more time. How many kids do you have out here today? About 650. And how many kids will get trophies? All 650. Mm -hmm. You think this is a good idea? We think it's a great idea. It's to make them feel special and um, help them understand that, that by participating, being part of the team, by completing the season, they are a star. And everybody who goes to college, if you just show up for class and do minimum amount of work, you get to be a star, too. But when everybody is special, then nobody is. Well, yesterday on his plane, 
He handed me his immigration plan, uh, about an eight-page plan. He wants to end the automatic right of citizenship for anyone born in the country. That's probably the biggest news in the plan. And he plans to immediately rescind President Obama's executive order that stopped the deportations of some younger undocumented immigrants who had entered the country as children. Good morning, it's 935. Oh, yeah, Michael Graham. So as a longtime critic of the Donald, I have to tell you, I think his immigration plan looks terrific. And as Mark Krikorian pointed out at the Center for Immigration Studies, maybe what's most remarkable is that none of the other candidates beat him to this. With us to discuss uh, the Trump, Donald Trump's immigration plan and where we should be going is the lovely and talented Mark Krikorian from CIS.org. Good morning, Mark. Uh, lovely and talented may not be the right <laughs> word, but uh, I'm glad to be here. So very briefly, the good news out of Trump's plan is what? Well, I mean, he's laying out a lot of common sense stuff nationwide e-verify so it makes it hard for illegals to get jobs visa tracking for tourists and other foreign students so that they leave when they're supposed to um, reducing overall legal immigration that was actually in there he didn't have a lot of specifics about what categories he'd get rid of but i mean that's the you know there's only been really rick santorum's the only other person who's uh, made that argument before so there's all kinds of stuff in there a lot of it is pretty obvious like defunding sanctuary cities things mm -hmm. like this like i said in my piece you know what are these other candidates thinking why couldn't i mean this only took probably a couple days to write it's not uh, it wasn't rocket science i got to tell PhD you mark it looks it looks like a cis.org clip and paste job to me i mean like you just went to your website saw your most obvious commonsensical ideas and just put them on a piece of paper well i'd like to say we wrote it but we didn't we haven't talked to anybody in the campaign i mean he did talk to um Jeff Sessions, though, and, uh, you know, Senator Sessions from Alabama has been a leader in this issue. I initially thought that, you know, if he called Sessions on the phone, he'd just be talking the whole time, and Sessions would never get a word in edgewise, but apparently he did. Uh, so, I mean, it really does reflect, it's, you know, it's not everything Jeff Sessions would spell out exactly, but it does basically reflect his uh, take on this issue, and uh, it's long overdue for somebody to make these arguments. We're talking to Mark Corian with the Center for Immigration Studies, CIS.org. Uh, just a couple things, just because you kind of blew past them uh, very quickly. E-Verify, right now you apply for a job. I know every time I have a job, every time I change radio stations, they've got to prove that I'm a, a citizen and am who I am. Right now we have companies and businesses across the country who are hiring people who are not who they claim they are. That seems like something pretty easy to fix, right? Tell the business either you've got the document or the, you know, the information that proves this person is labeled to work, or you, the company, will be held responsible. Well, they're already supposed to be doing that, and, and most sure. places do, but it's on paper. See, that's the thing. What this E-Verify system is, it's a free online system. So when you fill out, the, as an employer, you fill out the paperwork for IRS, Social Security, you're doing that anyway. What this is, you go online, it takes about a minute, minute and a half, and you just make sure that the information that you've been given is actually accurate, exactly. that you're not being lied to. And that exists. It's a voluntary program. A lot of people use it. We use it here. We don't hire a lot of people, but when we do, we use it. Um, it's easy. It's free. It's not perfect, but it's pretty good. And making that a part of the hiring process for all employers should seem to me kind of an obvious starting point. And once you do it, then you talk about what else you're going to do. Exactly. And because it, uh, interior enforcement solves the vast majority of the immigration problem. Once people know 
you can't get stuff either uh, you know jobs that Americans would like to do or uh, free stuff. There's no reason to stay, and you go somewhere else. So that's the common sense part. The second part I want to ask you about is birthright citizenship. And whenever I talk about this, I just I'm surprised at how you know I know people are busy, Mark, and they got other stuff to keep track of, but how few people realize just how weird the American system is for becoming a citizen via birth. Yeah, I mean, it's and remember, it's not just illegal immigrants having kids here and the kids are citizens. It's right. tourists having kids here, foreign students. All of those people are automatically U.S. citizens. And look, 200 years ago or 150 years ago, it made sense because it simplified things. There weren't a lot of tourists anyway. There really weren't any illegal aliens. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, you can fly from any place in the world in a few hours to the United States. We've got enormous numbers of tourists. We're letting in, frankly, way too many foreign students. And we've got a lot of illegal immigration. All of those people are having kids. All those kids are U.S. Mm-hmm. citizens. And, you know, this is a policy that it's out of date. The only other developed country that has it is Canada. And frankly, Canada's protected by us. We're, we're Canada's immigration barrier. You know, sure. we're their fence. Um, and so, you know, we've got to start looking at how are we going to reform and change this. Right. England has, Australia has. It's about time for us to. And just so everyone's clear on this, uh, out of, as I found at CIS.org, only 30 of the world's 194 countries say if you happen to be born in their country, you get to be a citizen automatically. No European country grants automatic citizenship to children of illegal immigrants. And you think about it, it makes if 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 my wife and I are traveling and she were pregnant and, and you know, maybe she suddenly you know, two months early, you know, had a had a baby and we were visiting France or Guam or well, not Guam, but France or Mexico, whatever. No one would say, oh, you're a citizen. Welcome. It would be, in fact, it sounds crazy when you say it, Mark. And yet yep. that it's, that's exactly the policy that we have in the United States. And when you try to mention why don't we change it, the first word out of people's mouths is racist. Yeah, and it's, you know, I mean, this is the whole problem with much of our immigration policy is that people just uh, throw names at you instead of actually engaging you and arguing with you, which is why, we haven't had a lot of these common sense proposals brought up in a presidential campaign until Trump brought them up because he doesn't care what anybody thinks. Well, that's good, but you know, Trump, I mean, I don't want him to be president. He's a blowhard charlatan. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but the point is, other candidates and Republican elites, let alone exactly. the Democrats who are hopeless, have left this sitting there on the ground and he walked by and picked it up. Well, shame on all of them for not making these points before. No, I agree with you completely, and, and this is the opportunity that's sitting there for someone to step up and say, here's the exact same policy just without the nuttiness that is Donald Trump. Let's do it. But I want to – one thing about birthright citizenship because it's important for people to know. There's an argument that you have to amend the Constitution in order to uh, do this, that the Constitution created the birthright citizenship. But it's not quite that simple, is it, Mark? No, it isn't. The 14th Amendment says anybody born in the U.S. has uh, U.S. citizenship – if they're, if they're born in the U.S. and subject to the jurisdiction thereof. This is one of those legal terms. The point of it was, the point of the amendment was to make sure that after Reconstruction, the southern states couldn't strip citizenship from the newly freed slaves. Mm-hmm. And that exception was for Indians living separately within the territory of the U.S. But remember, this is the 1860s. Right. They had their own societies, their own governments, basically. Mm-hmm. So exempted them. Well... You know, uh, the question of whether we need to amend that Constitution, amend the Constitution, or just pass a law, 
really there's only one person who needs to make that decision, and that's Justice Anthony Kennedy. <laughs> if once it gets to the Supreme Court, if you were to pass a law, if he decides right. that we don't need to amend the Constitution, then that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. If he decides that we do have to amend the Constitution, that's the way it is. So in a sense, it's an irrelevant debate because there's only one person who has to make that decision, and that's him. That's scary, and that's how important judges are, which is why I want to, before we let you go, ask you about uh, local state court judge Dax Lopez, who's been nominated to be a federal district court judge by the Obama administration. Is this a good move? Should the U.S. uh, Republicans in the U.S. Senate back this guy? Uh, yeah, no, I'd, I'd have to say no. I mean, I've been following this a little bit because uh, D.A. King down there in Atlanta has been really active on this. And um, uh, it just, you know, it strikes me as his board membership and active participation in this, uh, you know, corporate-funded open borders group, uh, Galeo, you know, um, really is kind of problematic because, look, he's going to be a judge, and yet this this kind of wacky organization stances that immigration laws shouldn't be enforced. Right. Well, then... Why would you be? A, why would we have somebody be a judge who doesn't believe in enforcing the law? And just so everyone's clear on this, he's at the Cab County State Court right now, Dax Lopez. But he's also a member of the Georgia Association of Latino Elected Officials, which says laws should not be enforced. Uh, he also uh, opposes uh, state voter identification laws, opposes having English and government laws, supports in-state tuition for illegal immigrants, and uh, he's up for a court uh, appointment. And let's hope that the Republicans who represent Georgia, Isaacson and uh, Purdue, will do the right thing. Mark, it's always great to have you on the show. Thanks so much for your time. Great to be here. Thanks. Thanks so much. 844-404-1067 is the phone number. I am Michael Graham. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. Good morning, it's 948. I am Michael Graham. Coming up in the next hour, how the wussification of your kids continues at college as UGA and Georgia Tech start back uh, class today. And why you, mom and dad, are literally making your kids sick. All of you moms and dads who won't let your kids, I would never let my child walk to school by himself. I would never let my child ride his bicycle. as Well, guess what? You have literally, all you helicopter parents are making your kids sick ill and we have the science to back that up great piece in atlantic monthly and the author is going to be with us in the next hour also in the confession hotline today because it is the first day of school 404-436-2007 we're looking for your best advice for kids as they start college if you could take every college kid aside and give them one piece of advice fat drunk and stupid is no way to go through life son what would it be call the confession hotline 404-436-2007 the best uh answer will win uh four tickets to see the braves take on the yankees on august 28th so braves yankees tickets for the best answer at 404-436-2007 maybe the best advice you got etc um you know I'm not a big uh, Donald Trump fan because I'm not a big fan of Democrats, blowhards, bigots, etc. But I got to tell you, I'm loving his immigration plan. I'm loving the coverage it's getting from places like CNN because they're actually going through point by point what he said. Now, I don't care what he said. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's, he's not going to be the president and whatever. But it's going to force everybody else to answer those questions. I'm all. Oh, I'm sorry. Brandon, my executive producer, says to remind you that you've won four, you'll have a chance to win four tickets to see the Braves take on the first place New York Yankees on August 28th. 
Brandon, they will not be in first place on August 28th. Write it down. Um, but uh, anyway, so uh, so I'm loving I'm loving how they're making him answer this. The other there's some, there's so much good news out of Iowa this weekend. First of all, the fact that Hillary's so clueless, she actually joked about her potentially criminal activity. That was great news out of Iowa this weekend for me. You may have seen that I recently launched a Snapchat account. I love it. I love it. Those messages disappear all by themselves. Yuck, 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 yuck. That's great. So I had this classified information, and I illegally stored it on my personal server, and then I lied about it, and then the Russians and Chinese hacked into it, and I risked American uh, intelligence uh, as part of my job, and it's hilarious. But the other good thing that happened, new poll out. Yeah, Trump's still at the top. That's fine, whatever. Jeb Bush is down at 9%. And Jeb's numbers are not going to be going anywhere as long as people are asking serious questions. Dude, what are you going to do about illegal immigration? This is why I love Donald. I don't love Donald. This this is the part of Donald Trump that I love. And I, I think this is the part of Donald Trump that many of you love, too. The executive order gets uh, rescinded. One good thing you'll about rescind, you'll rescind that one too. One good thing you'll about, rescind the Dream Act executive you're order. Have to, DACA. We have to make a whole new set of standards. And when people come in, they have so to come in. You're going to split up families. Chuck, you're going to deport children. Chuck, no, no. We're going to keep the families together. We have to keep the families together. But you're going to keep but them they together. They have to out. go. But they have to go. They have to go. No place to go. We will work with them. They have to go. Chuck. We either have a country or we don't have a country. We either have a country or we don't have a country. And the first three things in Donald Trump's uh, six-page proposal are if uh, if you have to, to have a country, you have to have a border. And to have a border, you have to have enforcement. And to have a country and a border that matters, you have to have the rule of law. Country, laws, borders. That is the most basic. It's like to have a football team, you have to have a football. You have to have a football team, you have to have 11 guys. He's right. It's the most basic stuff. And that's why it's so frustrating. Where the hell are the other candidates who know how to, who have actually experience getting stuff done? Where the hell is Scott Walker, who actually beat back the uh, government unions in Wisconsin? Where the heck is Ted Cruz, who's, you know, a U.S. senator? Where the heck is, you know, uh, Marco Rubio, who's out there debating? So where are these guys? There is the answer. Boom, right there. And they're leaving this to Donald Trump. It's ridiculous. And think think about this. When was the last time you heard somebody explain why it's okay that people can just come to the United States? When was the last time you heard someone defend with logic, here is why illegal immigration is okay or open borders is good or uh, why everyone who's born here should be an American? When's the last time I actually heard someone explain it? You don't. Because they don't. They don't answer questions. What they say is, you're a racist for asking. You're a racist for asking. Don't ask. Don't ask. Don't ask. I've had uh, the guys on from Galeo several times. They will, I take it back. One time, I finally got the uh, uh, rich to admit, yes, you're absolutely right, Michael. I do not support uh, deporting people, period. And which means, of course, you don't have a country. And then once again, back to the basics, blah, 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 blah. But you can't give it. So, so explain to me how this is a good. So this is a good thing. Border security, like abortion, is one of those issues that 
if you only watch CNN and you only read the AJC editorial page, you would think, oh, Republicans shouldn't talk about that. Oh, it's terrible. If conservatives talk about that, they're going to lose every election. It's completely upside down. Because the position of President Obama and Mayor Kasim Reed and Mrs. Bill Clinton is so extreme. What do you mean open borders? Anybody can come? Every, every, you're, you're saying everybody who gets to America gets to be an American however they get here. That's what you're saying. That's such an extreme position. Like 12 people agree with them. The same on abortion. What? Abortion up till day of birth? Really? You really agree with the head of Planned Parenthood that human life begins the day of delivery? Really, Hillary, you believe it? If they only would take the lesson from Donald Trump, which is go out and fight. Look, there's stuff that I support that I know a majority of Americans don't. I know that because I'm an oddball weirdo. I get that. But having borders is not one of them. Every time you poll it, American people say they want to uh, they they want borders and they want borders that work. And every time you talk about jobs that are lost to Americans, the American people get upset. They don't like it. Every time you fight, you win. So where are the other guys fighting? Jeb Bush can't fight because he supports amnesty. Uh, and the the rest of the team can't won't. They're scared. They're terrified. And you know, give it to Donald Trump. He's not afraid. He stands up. And says it. Yeah, this is where I am. 844-404-1067. By the way, how weird is it that if you and your wife are on vacation and she had a baby, you know, the baby came early, whatever, that in the vast majority of countries, including all of Europe, if you said, well, my kid gets to be French now, right? My kid's Spanish now, right? They'd say, no, what are you, an idiot? He's an American. You're an American. Your wife's an American. It's an American kid. He's got to be born here. We're, the, we're one of the handful of countries that have this policy of if you're born here, you get to be have the uh, values of citizenship go with it. And yet when you stand up and say, hi, could we be like almost every other country? The answer is racist, bigot, what's wrong with you? You're some kind of extremist. Wait, wait, you're still telling me that every France, Germany, England, Belgium, Luxembourg, they're all racist extremists? That's what you're telling me? Sweden? N- Norway? The Netherlands are all racist extremists. 150 other countries are all racist extremists. You see what I mean? Anytime you fight on the facts, you win. That's why Hillary Clinton doesn't fight on the facts. She just calls you a hater and bigot and extremist. That's why CNN doesn't fight on the facts. They just say hater, biggest extremist. Stand up. Fight. Donald Trump is a buffoon and a goof and a bigot, but he gets one thing so well. If you're with the majority of the Americans on something... Fight for it. Good morning. It's 1006 at News Radio 1067. Uh, yeah. Michael Graham, your only licensed and authorized distributor of the natural truth. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we're going to be speaking to uh, the head of a group of a group that fights for individual freedom on college campuses, and we have to because college campuses have gone so crazy. Today is the first day of school at uh, Georgia Tech and at UGA, and you're going to find your kids at schools where the federal government has ordered them 
to treat allegations of sexual inappropriate behavior as uh, de facto proof of sexual misbehavior. If you have a son at UGA or Georgia Tech or any other college in the United States today, you need to know your son is a presumed sexual predator. And if a young lady makes an allegation against him, true or false, the school is no longer going to use the standard of uh, uh, presumed innocent. The standard now is simply a preponderance of evidence. If he looks guilty to us, he's guilty and they're going to kick him right out. Uh, Your uh, kids are going to go to schools where more and more students are demanding that they never hear anything that upsets them. And so they've asked for trigger warnings, which means if you're going to discuss a novel that has a rape scene in it, or if you're going to discuss economics and you're going to compare the current economic standings of people of different races, or if you're going to discuss sociology and you're going to discuss discuss, uh, same-sex couples and uh, uh, heterosexual couples and their outcomes for their kids and all that stuff, you have to warn the students in advance, many colleges now require, because your son or daughter might be offended. And colleges work on the premise that if a student is offended, something must be wrong, which, of course, is absolute nonsense. If you go through four years of college and you weren't offended, you went to a sucky college, which, by the way, I did, but that's beside the point. Uh, and so this is what you're spending 20000 40000 if you're going sending your kids to Ivy League schools, 60 thousand dollars a year for is for your kid to spend his life telling the teachers here's what you can and cannot teach me and you ask yourself how did this happen how did we end up here with this bunch of terrified wusses well gene twinge from san diego state university who has studied helicopter kids and generation cupcake knows Preschoolers sometimes now sing a song to the tune of Farajaka that goes like this. I am special. I am special. Look at me. Look at me. (gasps) America has some of the lowest math scores of any industrialized or semi-industrialized country. Our Our kids suck at math. But our kids rank in the top five when they're asked, are you good at math? Our kids think they're great. You ask the Asian kids, I'm not so sure. Me, I could use some more work. America, I, lo- I rock at math. Well, actually, no, you don't. No, I, I check my own paper. Well, yeah, but <laughs> I check the math on me. I'm great. How does this happen? How do you end up with a bunch of dopes who are showing up at college expecting the teacher to cater to them at every moment and keep them happy and who say, I'm entitled to a college degree, whether I earned it or not. How does that happen? Little Johnny got a trophy. Yeah, he made 22 errors, you know, and he batted zero, and the team finished last. Give the kid a trophy, to which you say... To which I say, give the kid a hug, and let's practice more and figure out how not not to make so many errors. But a trophy puts what in his head? A trophy puts in his head that that whatever he did was good enough, even when it clearly wasn't. Uh, And the result of that, as Bernard Goldberg reported on HBO. A recent survey revealed that a third of college students say they deserve at least a grade of B if they simply attended most classes in a course. 
So here's my question for you at 844-404-1067. Mom, dad, as you send your kids off to UGA or Georgia Tech or Kennesaw State, et cetera, do you agree that your kids deserve a B just for showing up? When you were in college, did you deserve a B just for showing up? You see where this idea comes from. We started off with the little kids singing I Am Special, and then you go up to uh, Little League where the kids are told, yeah, you deserve a B just because you were on the team. How many kids do you have out here today? About 650. And how many kids will get trophies? All 650. You think this is a good idea? We think it's a great idea just to make them feel special (laughs) and um, help them understand that that by participating, being part of the team, by completing the season, they are a star. So how many of you agree? Just by showing up at college, just by sitting in the class, your kids are stars, and your kids deserve what they get. 844, or or deserve to be passed, deserve a great 844-404-1067. This is why... I think people are responding so much to James Harrison, the uh, Pittsburgh Steeler, who's sent his kids' participation um, trophies back to the team and told him, no, sorry. And he told his sons, you don't get these trophies. It's because he wants them to learn, he says, that um, I will uh, I will send these. Uh, I, 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 let me start. Uh, here's uh, James Harrison. While I'm very proud of my boys for everything they do and will encourage them till the day I die, these trophies will be given back until they earn a real trophy. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry for believing that everything in life should be earned. I'm not about to raise my boys to be men by making them believe that they are entitled to something just because they tried their best because sometimes your best is not enough. But he already had the trophies. All the other kids got the trophies. I've never understood this. All the other kids. Thing. I've never understood that at all. How did the other kids get them? Because I, for example, when I was in Massachusetts, there was a huge push. Many of the public schools abandoned the honor roll. And they abandoned, you know, this is how the honor roll used to work. You would study, you would keep a GPA of whatever, 3.8. And then at the end of the semester, you'd be in the local paper, the little, you know, Newton Gazette or the whatever, a Tumwa Reader. And there'd be the honor roll, ninth grade, you know, Johnsonville High. And then, oh, look, there's Susie's name. That's great. Well, what about the time Susie didn't get on the honor roll? <laughs> and then Susie would come to school and I was not. All the other kids got to be on the honor roll. How come I didn't get to be on the honor roll? And what my mom would have said if we'd had this stuff in Pelion, South Carolina, would have been, well, because you didn't get the good enough grade. So why don't you study? Why don't you stop playing so much in television and start reading your stupid books? Huh? How about that? That's what my mom would have said. <laughs> All the other kids are on I can't. I'm on the honor. How about because you suck? Uh, look, sometimes you suck. Look, there's stuff I suck at. Anybody who has ever been around me and watched me engage in a sport will tell you that I suck. That's why I never made the all-conference uh, league when I played basketball in high school. I never made. I did barely made the all-team of my team league. But I did make all-state band. Because I was good at pretty good at band and had a music scholarship in college. So I, I sucked at sports. I was pretty good at band. It's, why is that a problem? But <laughs> what are the kids who practice and they didn't make the band? They suck? Are we not allowed to say that? Is, is suck not allowed? I'm a full 100% believer in the power of you suck, get better. That's my system. Am I missing something here? Uh, James Harrison, I'm not going to speak for him as a dad overall. Apparently he's had some... 
altercations with girlfriends and the police, as many NFL players have. But on this one, he's absolutely right. And if you let your kids bring these participation trophies home and put them on in place of honor, what are you telling your kids? Aren't you being a crappy parent? 844-404-1067. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. It's 1020. Uh, yeah. Michael Graham, it is the first day of school at the University of Georgia uh, for 2015. And, of course, they've already had orientation orientation for freshmen, where the freshmen have learned if you say anything that offends anyone, it's all your fault and you're in trouble. And if you hear anything that offends you, please complain immediately and we will deal with it because we are uh, sending our kids off to the bubble to continue their lives as proud members of Generation Cupcake Eight four 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 zero four one zero six seven. So my advice to students, rising college students, is this: It's not an F; it's a microaggression. Just tell your teacher that. Teach any grades I don't like; they're microaggressions, and I'm going to take you straight to the faculty, whoever. I'm going to complain. We're going to cause all kinds of because that's how it works now. If you have advice for rising college uh, for for uh, students just starting college today. Please call the Confession Hotline at 404-436-2007. 404-436-2007. The best call to the Confession Hotline will win tickets to see the Braves take on the Yankees on August 28th. Bottom of the hour, we're going to be talking to uh, the head of FIRE, which is a group that promotes freedom on campus and also individual thought. Uh, but uh, the question now is, is this uh, – uh, you, you've heard it stated – Students are demanding B's in college simply for showing up because, hey, that's what always happened to them before. Let's ask Roger if this makes sense. Roger, you're on the air. Thanks for the call. Yes, I teach at the university level, and I thank you for letting me know the students' expectations that they expect to be. I'm going to go to class this afternoon, and the uh-huh. first thing I to tell them is, you know, your expectations, if you if you participated in this survey, are ill-founded in my class. Okay. Uh, 40% of one of my classes last year got A's. 40% of another class got F's. I don't give grades. I assign grades that students earn. What, do you, what happens and, when students complain? Um, I, well, I had a student that says, look, I deserve a chance to have gotten a C because I'm going to lose a scholarship or something. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you had a chance all term long. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, but, you know, the last three days, that doesn't count. Right. But uh, so, do, the, do you ever have calls from the parents complaining about their kids' grades? Has that happened to you yet? Because that's more common on campuses now. Uh, I have never had a student call and complain. I mean, a student's parents call and complain. But if they do call and complain, I am compelled to say, I'm sorry, I cannot discuss your child's grades with you. Uh, it's a confidential information. Really? Well, because I would uh, assume that the person paying the bills gets to see the grades. It's not, <laughs> that's not you know, right. You know, how, you know what happens when you dissect the word assume. I, I think ah, that's yes, yes, I do. Yes, sir. Thank you for clarifying that for me, uh, Professor Roger. I appreciate your call, and I hope you'll call in soon. At 844-404-1067. Mike, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Hey, uh, 
thank Matt Dorr for starters because I got around that wreck on Duck Road. Uh, I'm an SDSU student. Oh, I'm sorry, KSU Marietta. <laughs> and um, I don't really feel like uh, I know I'm going to a school that actually focuses on real life skills like you know engineering uh, mm-hmm. versus underwater basket weaving. But I don't think really any of my classmates are going in there saying I should get a C just for going. As a matter of fact, some people are thrilled to get a C in something like differential equations. So I'm not sure if those kinds of facts are skewed by you know, going to liberal arts college where they yep. argue over underwater basket weaving or what. But mm-hmm. um, as a student, I, I'm also getting my second degree. I already have a degree from as management from EWG. That's not the feeling I get. Well, I'm, look, I, I'm glad to hear that, that you you don't feel that way. And if you think your co, your fellow students don't feel that way, that's good news as well. But you just need to know that uh, again and again, surveys show that co- people going to college think they're great students and deserve great grades and that they are puzzled by this idea that there should be some connection between what they've learned, what they know, what they've mastered, and what their grades should be. But then again, why would we be surprised when we not only uh, give uh, uh, tell kids you don't have to excel to receive an award, you can suck and it's still a good thing. We lost almost every game this season. Yeah. Yay. We had one heck of a good time doing it. <laughs> that was a coach of a little girl's team. Can we hear that one more time? Just listen, listen to the kids' response to the fact that we lost almost every game. We lost almost every game this season. Yeah. Yay. We had one heck of a good time yeah. doing it. Remember the oh, story? no. We Rem- suck again. <laughs> Remember? The story of the girls' high school team in Texas that lost a basketball game a hundred to literally a hundred to nothing, and they interview the coach and the players afterwards, and the coach says, "I feel like that we were the winners. I feel like that we showed the most character." And then they interviewed some of the girls, and the girls are like, "We just couldn't play against the other team. They, they always wanted the ball. Oh, those terrible girls who always want the ball." But we feel great. We're so proud because we stuck it out. You have nothing to be proud of. Nothing. Nothing. The point isn't that you lost by 100 points. The point is that you suck so bad you couldn't score a single basket. Not one. You couldn't score one time through a whole, I don't know how long a high school basketball game is. I think it's eight minutes a uh, so it's like 32 minutes, I think, of court time. Not one time. Not one time. I couldn't. I didn't score a single time, and I feel great about it. We lost every game. Yay! Yo, you suck. You suck. And when you leave high school, you're going to suck. And when you leave college, you're going to suck. And eventually, at some point in the world, you're going to have to do something, and it's going to be, hey, man, I didn't do that. I suck. 844-404-1067. How bad is it? Uh, We're going to hear from the head of FIRE, who runs a terrific organization advocating uh, individual liberty on campus. But he also has just written a fantastic piece about microaggressions, uh, the college campus coddling system, and how it actually does physical harm to young people. You don't want to miss this conversation. It's coming up next. It's 
1035. Today is the first day of class for Georgia, Georgia Tech, and the perfect day to chat with uh, our next guest, Greg Lukianoff, who's uh, the head of FIRE, a fantastic organization advancing liberty on college campuses, and the co-author of a piece in The Atlantic that's gotten a lot of attention, The Coddling of the American Mind. In the name of emotional well-being, college students are increasingly demanding protection from words and ideas they don't like. It's disastrous for education and mental health. Greg, welcome to News Radio 1067. Hey, thanks for having me. So, we, uh, this past weekend, in the past couple weeks, you've had parents packing off their kids to send them off to college, UGA, Georgia Tech, Kennesaw State, whatever. What kind of environment are those kids finding when they arrive on campus? Well, it depends on the individual campus, but I definitely have to say that after, you know, 15 years of defending free speech on college campuses, mostly from out-of-control administrators, I've been a little bit worried that it seems like a lot of students have been adopting sort of the lessons of language policing and applying them to their fellow students. Well, well, uh, for example, I mean, what, what are you talking about? Well, the latest, the latest trend that I'm probably the most concerned about is, mi- uh, is microaggression policing. And if you don't know what microaggressions are... They're uh, uh, like of... all normal people, I have no idea what a microaggression <laughs> is. Well, you're going to hear a lot more about them, unfortunately. Uh, but microaggressions are sort of unconscious slights that you might make that could be conceived of as either sexist or racist or classist or, or, or whatever... And, you know, that's a perfectly valid thing to study. But when you start policing people's language for ways in which they might be unconsciously insulting you, and then you start actually passing programs that actually potentially punish students for unconsciously sliding people, you're not exactly helping dialogue or the First Amendment. So an example of that would be if somebody wrote the phrase indigenous peoples in a paper, but they failed to capitalize (laughs) the I in indigenous. Is that right? That is a real example from UCLA. Really? Yeah. Yeah, and, and the microaggression thing, like, just to give you an example of how far it can be taken, the, the, there's a, the, the University of New Hampshire um, had a, a microaggressions policy that they, as soon as it got public, they, the, 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 the president got rid of it, but referred to referring to someone as an American was a microaggression, or referring to, and this is my favorite one, referring to someone as Arab was, a, was problematic itself, which is like, do you understand how deeply insulting that is to people who are actually Arab to say that calling them Arab is Don't offensive? Don't say they're Arabs, say- the A word. Yeah, I've got a classmate, and he's the A word. What? No, no, no. The other A word. What? We're talking to Greg Lukianoff with Fire in this great new piece in the Atlantic. And you point something. The research you guys did points out that the standard now at colleges is not is what you said uh, offensive based on a reasonable person's understanding of the words, but rather was anybody yeah. stupid enough to be offended by yeah. you? If they were, they win. Is that right? Well, that actually comes right out of the Office of Civil Rights of the Department of Education. They took out the objective standard for harassment, which basically means that if you feel harassed, um, even if it, it, it is completely unreasonable, you have, you, it, it's nonetheless a federal issue. And so colleges don't want to get busted by the Obama administration no. for, or investigated. It's a lot of hassle, a lot of expense. So they project that yep. lower standard out onto colleges like the University of Georgia and Georgia Tech. Absolutely. And, th- and that's the thing. It's kind of like, yes, political correctness is a problem. Yes, groupthink is a problem. But the thing that really sends this stuff into overdrive mm-hmm. is that they're afraid of litigation and they're afraid of the Department of Education. So they overreact to everything. And- and so you had a student at uh, Michigan who made fun of the campus tendency to perceive microaggressions 
And oh, the yeah. result is he got fired from the newspaper gig he had. And my favorite part, a group of women vandalized his doorway with eggs, hot dogs, gum, and notes with messages like, everyone hates you, you violent stick someone with a pin. I, just, yeah. I, just, I love that. And this, I want to point out, by the way, this student, his name is Omar Mahmoud. He, he, he's a Muslim student. Um, he's, he, he, and the column he wrote, wrote was so tame. It was just mild poking mm. fun at microaggressions, and that, and that was responded to with macroaggressions. What, is that, what, what do you mean by trigger warnings? That's another thing in the Atlantic piece you wrote that Georgia and Georgia Tech uh, teachers and students will be dealing with. Yeah, well, trigger warnings, you know, they, they come from, a, I think, a compassionate place, but I think they've, they've gone completely overboard, um, where essentially the idea is that you warn students um, before you cover something that might be emotionally difficult. So, like the, like the good example, you know, like is someone saying, hey, listen, maybe there are people who have experienced sexual assault, so I should tell you that there's going to be a sexual assault in this book. Now, the problem with that is, as soon as you make that mandatory, um, the tendency that, that, that actually ends up happening is the category of things you're expected to provide trigger warnings from expand beyond belief. And this already happened on the Internet to the point at which feminists were actually writing saying, okay, enough is enough. This is getting ridiculous. I cannot provide a trigger warning for anything anybody might have a problem with. Uh, and when you start applying this to professors, why professors get worried about trigger warnings um, is because they realize, wait, I have to guess what's going to offend my students and then warn them in advance? That's impossible. So professors are already writing in saying, listen, if this is the standard, I'm going to be out of a job in like a month. Sure, absolutely. And, then, and the part that people seem to overlook is what happens to young people who grow up yes. as Generation Cupcake, where it starts with... Uh, you know, no uh, discipline when you're small and then you go to school and your papers can't get graded with red ink because that's too offensive. And then you play soccer and no one keeps score and everyone gets a trophy. What actually happens to the mental health of young people raised like this? And that's what I think really makes the piece interesting, is we analyze these problems from the lens of cognitive behavioral therapy, and we generally make the point that if we're teaching students intellectual habits that not only are bad for free speech, not only bad for inquiry, but will make them anxious and depressed. If they think everything is a catastrophe, if they magnify every little slight, um, that's a formula for being uh, clinically depressed. And so uh, you guys actually looked at some numbers on the number of college students who uh, seem to be suffering from forms yeah. of depression and other mental illness? It's pretty, it's pretty scary when you look at some of the numbers. There's definitely some disagreement among the numbers, but I was just talking to a dean of a prominent law school that will remain unnamed, but one of the top ones, let's put it that way, and he said that the, the, the percentage of uh, students that are coming in with like serious you know, reported mental, mental issues is something like 40%. And what we're arguing in our Atlantic piece is that we're training students to be anxious and depressed, but not understanding that that's what we're doing. So the result is you're actually making your kids less well by worrying so much about how well they are, how about how good they feel, I should say, about how good they feel. And, and, and assuming that they're incredibly fragile. Uh, when you assume people are incredibly fragile, it becomes sort of a there's nothing. The, the old idea, you know, the, by old idea, I mean like the 1980s idea, was right. this great, great idea of empowerment, where essentially, like, the goal is to make people who are resilient and can actually have a good back and forth and debate and discuss and and, and be uh, be alive in the world as it actually is. No, 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 and, no. But, I, I might feel uncomfortable if you debate me. If if, <laughs> I, if you say to me, I think that everybody should just get an A for being alive, and I ask you, why do you think that? The answer is microaggressor, microaggressor. <laughs> so, uh, and, and by the way, you got to love this push from Hillary 
uh, uh, Mrs. Bill Clinton to try to get more and more people to be able to go to school at no cost to themselves so mm-hmm. they can have this microaggression-free experience. And when you ask people, well, why should we send mediocre students to college for free? The answer is, of course, trigger warning, trigger warning. <laughs> yeah, it, it ends up being the, the way we've taught students to debate ends up uh, equipping them with an awful lot of perfect trunk cards to avoid having meaningful media debates. And that's the exact opposite of what college is supposed to be doing. One last question for you in the confession hotline today, which we do on the show every day. Confession uh, hotline. Yeah, where people can confess their hopes and fears and dreams and thoughts. Where asking people to confess the one piece of college advice they wish they'd been given or the one piece of advice that every student should be given. So, Greg, you cover colleges for 15 years now, FIRE. What is your one piece of advice for all the people starting uh, Georgia and Georgia Tech today? It's a little more radical uh, than it used to be, and that's don't be afraid to sue your school if they wrong your First Amendment rights. Don't be afraid to sue. That's pretty tough out there. Wow. Oh, yeah. I was going to say drink the good beer first. (laughs) <laughs> because after you finish the good six-pack or so, then the rest of the beer doesn't matter that it's PBR. But that's just different places. Greg Lukianoff, thanks so much for joining us from Fire.org. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks okay. so much. 844-404-1067. Your college student advice on the confession hotline, 404-436-2007, could win you Braves tickets, Braves Yankees on August 28th. Uh, and what about this premise that you are actually, all of you uh, um, uh, helicopter parents are making your kids sicker by overprotecting them. That because you wouldn't let them walk to school, because you wouldn't let them uh, be in the same room with a peanut butter sandwich, and because you wouldn't let them keep score playing soccer, that what you've ended up with are these kids who actually are now suffering from clinical depression and clinical mental illness. Did you do the right thing by protecting your kids? 844-404-1067. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. It's 1049. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show. We'll be giving away free lunch at the bottom of the hour, uh, excuse me, at uh, 1135, as we always do every day in the lunch line. Today's lunch line is sponsored by Bite Bistro and Bar uh, uh, and courtesy of Taste of Atlanta, which is September 25th through the 27th. And so we're happy to send you to Bite, Bite Bistro and Bar if you win the lunch line today at 1135. Right now we're talking about The uh, start of college today means the start of process by which a lot of middle class and lower middle class families borrow money they don't have and they can't afford to send their kids to college. Why are they sending their kids to college? Well, because everyone keeps telling them that they're supposed to send their kids to college. So the kids go off to college, which they may or may not be prepared for. They may or may not have any real interest in. And then once they get there, instead of finding out, hey, is this the place that you belong because we have standards, the college's goal is to keep the kids there as long as possible because every kid is basically a funnel for money. Parents' money, government money, student loan money, it's a funnel. All the college cares about, this is Kennesaw State, Georgia Tech, UGA, all they care about is sucking the money out of kids. That's their job. Because, you know, that's what they're in there. They're in the business. They're like any other business. They're in the job of maximizing their revenue. 
And one of the things that they're doing now while they're there is they're letting the 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 insane the uh, inmates run the insane asylum. And that's why you have these bizarre stories of, for example, a uh, college professor at the University of Central Florida, an accounting instructor, was uh, teaching his students some material that was very, very difficult. He noticed the pained look, look on students' faces, so he made a joke. It looks like you guys are being slowly suffocated by these questions. Am I on a killing spree or what? After uh, class, one student complained and said, I think the teacher threatened to kill us. I'm not kidding. A group of nearly 20 other students emailed the University of Central Florida administration saying, no, he was kidding. He was saying, we, you know, the, the, the material was killing us. We were dying, you know, because the stuff was tough. It was technical. It was, you know, difficult to process. Nevertheless, the college suspended this accounting instructor from all university duties and demanded that he re- obtain a written certification from a mental health professional that he was a not a, he was not a threat to himself and others. This is really happening because we've decided you're supposed to feel good all the time. Well, college is not the place to go to feel good all the time. What's the point of college is not going to challenge you. What's the point of college if you're not going to learn something that's hard to learn? That's why you go to college. If it's easy to learn, why go? Why don't you just stay home and learn it yourself? So if this is your experience with your for you as a student, 844-404-1067. Is this experience with your kids as students, 844-404-1067. And we're also looking for your advice to people who are starting college today in the confession hotline, 404 404- 436-2007-404-436-2007. Your advice for new college students. We are going to get so much here, it's going to be sick. I'm talking like crazy, like boy band. Uh, let's ask Jordan. Jordan, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Go right ahead. Hello, Jordan. Okay. All right, how you doing? Fine, go right ahead. I was just wanted to make a little comment about the whole custom generation. Uh-huh. Okay. If you raise a cupcake, sit there and cater to all their whims, protect them from all the bad in the world, how do you expect them to become a protected member of society? How do you expect them to function in a job, a job where you have someone who tells you what you do? Jordan, that's a great one. I'm having trouble with your cell phone, so I hate to cut you off, but uh, just for people who couldn't hear, who's asking, how are you going to function in regular society? And the, apparently the demand is to keep taking your bubble with you. How many of you have had the experience where you're at, uh, you have people applying for a job with you or you find out that someone applied for work where you work and the applicant's mom or dad showed up? This is the new trend. People are, are uh, going to job interviews with uh, companies and when the company makes them an offer, they say, will you please talk to my mom or dad? About it. In fact, I just heard an interview over the weekend with a guy who said that, yeah, well, he works at a Wall Street firm. And the guy came in, had all the right credentials, had all the degrees, had all the grades. He said, okay, we want to hire you. The guy said, can you talk to my mom and dad first? The guy withdrew the offer on the spot. No, I don't want to hire you anymore. I had no idea. <laughs> you were somebody who had to have your mom and dad with you. But once again, what do you expect? This is what happens when you raise people this way. A recent survey revealed that a third of college students say 
they deserve at least the grade of B if they simply attended most classes in a course. 844-404-1067. Michael, you are on the air with Michael Graham. Hey, Michael, I normally don't agree with you on a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. but you on point today. And one of the things that really bothers me, when I got out of the military, when I got out of high school, I went to the military. I had to go find something to do. Right. Most of these kids today have no clue to where they want to go. Mm-hmm. Have not one. A simple two to four years in the military would allow them to find themselves and what direction they want to go into. College is not for everybody. Mm-hmm. And some of these kids are not, like you said, some of these kids are not prepared for college. Mm-hmm. So you're sending them into a program where they don't want to be. Their parents, the school just likes it because, hey, money, 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 Absolutely, money, money. Absolutely, baby. It, you know, why is it in this country, we give Israel so much money and they send their children to school for free? Well, I don't know that uh, we're subsidizing Israel's uh, college system uh, so much as we are helping the one democracy in the functioning democracy in the Middle East stay alive. But, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't want to give away more money. That's what maybe we disagree on, on this part. I don't want to give away more money for people to go to college. Hillary Clinton is saying you should be able to go to school in Georgia and not have to uh, owe a penny or borrow any money for the tuition. Really? So everybody who wants to go to school should be able to go to school just because you want to. No demand to show that you belong there. Or that you've accomplished something. You can just, if you want to go, you can go. Well, then everyone's going to go. And then what are the diplomas going to be worth? What are those classes going to be like? You want to know what's really going on in college? Ask a friend or a kid what happens in their actual classrooms. How many kids sitting in that class want to be there, are paying any attention, even bother to show up, have any idea what's going on? Ask them what percentage. And you, you will be, I think it'll be an enlightening place, an enlightening question for you. 844-404-1067. We're also looking for more of your advice for college kids. Uh, the Hillary Clinton story broke open wider this weekend. I've got the natural truth for you. And what sort of weapon was just confiscated from a flight in Dublin, Ireland? You definitely want to hear it, if not smell it. wants to end the automatic right of citizenship for anyone born in the country, and he plans to immediately rescind President Obama's executive order. Just to make them feel special and um, help them understand that, that by participating, being part of the team, by completing the season, they are a star. That charge that it's a partisan attack, that dog won't hunt because it's the New York Times and the FBI now. This is the Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067. You may have seen that I recently launched a Snapchat account. I love it. Those messages disappear all by themselves. Good morning, it's 11.06 on News Radio 106.7. Oh, 
I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show, renowned spoiler of women, known enemy of the jihad, the geekiest white guy east of the Mississippi River, thrilled, delighted, and honored to be with you here at the home of the natural truth, the way the world really works. This is Atlanta's largest diner table, so please be part of the conversation. Call 844-404-1067. Email me, michael at michaelgraham.com. It's michael at michaelgraham.com. Uh, follow me on Twitter. I am M. Graham. A lot of tweets get read out on the air. Or join us in the Confession Hotline. Every day around 1145, we play your best calls. It's just whatever your hopes, your fears, your dreams, your hopes, your com- your snarky comments, your concerns. You just call 404-436-2007. And uh, today we're looking for, along with whatever else you want to call about, your advice to the students who are starting college at the University of Georgia and Georgia Tech today. First day of college. I it's interesting. I was talking to uh, our last guest, guest who's with Fire. It's a uh, campus organization. It protects people whose rights are being abused, particularly religious and free speech rights, who are being abused by government bureaucrats at colleges. And he was like, "Wow, you guys already started college? It's awfully early, isn't it?" Well, <laughs> not in Georgia. We have this theory that if we can get the kids really, really hot, hundred degrees or more, their brains open up, and we can put more information in them. That's why we started school August third in many places, if not earlier. Uh, and that's why college is already in effect now in the middle of August. So if you send it, and by the way, if you are one of those parents who took a kid off to school today, if maybe you're one of those students who's starting school today, 844-404-1067. I just love to hear from you about what the, what it's like. That was, if you were one of the moms or dads who tearily took your kids, I assume you did that. What this weekend, maybe, or last week, particularly if it was first, you got orientation week before regular college. So I guess for freshmen, that's already started. But you love to hear from you what it was like for you. We're trying to think of the best advice we can give college kids as they uh, start school today. So if you have a piece of advice that you wish someone had give you, given you when you started college, call the confession hotline at 404-436-2007 uh, and uh, share it with us. And who knows, you may win tickets to see the Braves Yankees on August 28th. So that's one thing that's going on today. Another thing that happened this weekend is uh, more news on the Hillary Clinton email server story. And Bob Woodward, who is no Republican, and Joe Scarborough, who's kind of a squish establishment Republican, they both agree this story has gotten ugly. For Hillary Clinton to go out as she did uh, in recent days and say, this is politics, this is dirty politics, uh, they're trying to smear me in an unfair way, that dog will not hunt at all. You have got Barack Obama's government now in investigating her and looking at this. You are right. That charge that it's a partisan attack, that dog won't hunt because it's the New York Times and the FBI now that are going after her, uh, not uh, Rush Limbaugh and Breitbart. Yeah, over the weekend, Hillary Clinton said, oh, this is more politicization of what's going on, and it's just partisan. What's the partisan politics? This is the Obama administration's inspector general who's handed the evidence over to the Obama administration's FBI Mrs. Bill Clinton is under investigation by the FBI right now. Not the Bush FBI or the Dole FBI or whatever. She's under investigation by the Obama administration FBI, which is why her attempt at humor over the weekend, I thought, was incredibly off-putting. 
if you you have no reason to remember, but we came out of the White House not only dead broke, but I'm sorry. Death. Stop, stop, stop. Um, I'm sorry. That's, that's on me. We're going to get to that in just a second. <laughs> this, this is Hillary Clinton over the weekend. You may have seen that I recently launched a Snapchat account. I love it. I love it. Those messages disappear all by themselves. Yuck, 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 yuck. Once again, this is a woman whose job was to protect secrets of the United States because she was our international negotiator, Secretary of State. She was the lady whose job was to go deal with all these other countries. And they wanted to know our secrets. They wanted to know what our policies were going to be. They wanted to know, and it was her job to you know, not let them know. Well, obviously, other people had the same job, too, but, you know, she's Secretary of State. It's her job to keep secrets to negotiate for America. And what did she do? She bizarrely set up her own personal email server. Nobody else has done anything like that ever. And she kept the secrets on this email service. No one else has done that. She uh, uh, kept the server in her basement. No one else has done that. They were exposed to the Russians and the Chinese. And then she repeatedly said, I didn't handle any classified information. And that's not true. The number of emails with classified information so far is 60, 60, 60 and rising. And she's yucking it up. Oh, sure, the Russians, the Chinese, they hacked in. They got access to our secrets. Ah, isn't that funny? Ah, this is great. This is hilarious. And I also remind, maybe I'm the one weirdo on this, but the, the big part of this that bugs me, what was Hillary Clinton saying about when they uh, left the White House back in 2000 before she became a senator and then secretary of state? If you, you have no reason to remember, but we came out of the White House not only dead broke, but in debt. Uh, we had no money when we got there, and we struggled to, you know, piece together the resources for mortgages, for houses, for houses. Chelsea's education. You know, it was not easy. Yeah, okay, so let's say that we buy her BS for a second, that she was flat broke, blah, 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 blah. Do you know what she's worth right now? $150 million. By her own admission, she became a multi-multi, she and Bill became a multi-multi-millionaire in part while she was our Secretary of State. So we give her the keys to the big office. And she goes into the big office. She says, broke. And she comes out of the big office with $150 million, much of it from foreign companies and foreign governments. While she's Secretary of State. This is like, we're going to make you the person in charge of plumbing inspections. You know I'm saying? Making sure that the code is up on plumbing. And you go in flat broke. And you come out a millionaire and all the checks came from plumbers. And by sheer coincidence, by total coincidence, you're the only person at job ever who didn't want your boss, the president and the people to be able to see your emails. You're the only person ever in the history of this who wanted your own email system. And by sheer coincidence, Matt Dorr, all those emails are now gone. By sheer coincidence, the emails you sent while you were shaking people down for millions and millions of dollars using an office of power to do those emails have mysteriously been wiped from a server that, according to reports now, went through the ultimate cleaning of a computer cleaning you could ever go through. They did everything but put the machine in the rinse cycle in their, you know, Amana radar range washing machine. Why would you go to so much trouble to clean? I mean, it's just some emails. What's the big deal? Nothing to see here. 
move along. It's funny. I got a new system. My emails disappear all by themselves. Yuck, 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 yuck. Democrats, you must be so proud. 844-404-1067. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. How do you have a private email server as Secretary of State and scrub it and I'm going to believe you and you think the American public is that stupid? Uh, well, not only does Mrs. Bill Clinton think the American public is that stupid, but given that she continues to have the support of more than 70% of Democrats... Uh, She's on to something. 844-404-1067. Do you believe Mrs. Bill Clinton when she tells you that there was nothing on her emails and nothing to see here? Do you believe the press who share her opinion that this is all just a joke that's a silly partisan thing that doesn't, that only the vast right-wing conspiracy is talking about? Or do you agree with the FBI and the inspector general for the intelligence community, that there is something to see here. And have you noticed, uh, as I link this back to the conversation about uh, Donald Trump and immigration, you ever notice, just like nobody defends open borders and amnesty, they just attack you for talking about it. Nobody defends the idiotic policy that we have of uh, if you are born on American soil, even if you're a foreigner, who is not under American law in any way, that you get to be an American citizen instantaneously. No one ever, def- just like that, no one ever defends Mrs. Bill Clinton. They never say, oh, well, what she did was completely reasonable. Oh, of course, of course she had to have her own server. Of course she had to keep her email secret. Of course she collected millions of dollars for her foundation while she was Secretary of State. And of course she took it from foreign governments or from American businesses that wanted deals with foreign governments. Of course she did. No one ever says that. They all just say, oh, no, uh, that's a right wing. No, we're going to get, Wow. I'm just, if look, if what Mrs. Bill Clinton did makes sense, then surely you can explain to me how it makes sense at 844-404-1067. If it's reasonable to say that anyone that can come to America gets to stay here as a citizen, which is uh, Mayor Reed's position and Mrs. Bill Clinton's position and President Obama's position, then I'm sure you can make it make sense. But just even when you say it, you kind of... Just kind of shake your head like, really? We're also talking about the fact that today is the first day of college. What is it like in the year 2015 to start college? What is it like to send your kid off to college? Rob, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Go right ahead. Hey, Michael. How are you? Doing great. Hey, uh, uh, it was, uh, uh, we did it over the weekend. I guess it was last uh, Thursday. Um, Which school? started uh, UCSU in Milledgeville area. Okay. Uh, Great school, small, very... uh, very nice uh, college. They, you know, they have it down to a system. To be honest with you, they, uh-huh. um, you know, you pull in and they and they've got all the volunteers with their big bins and they wheel it up and they load it up. By the time you park your car, the kid stuff is already in the room. So, wow. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. And uh, and then all basically the parents are left there to do is uh, is set up the room and get kicked out as quickly as possible. They throw the parents out. No, the kids do. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> Time to leave. So. <laughs> yeah, they definitely want you around. So, did you give uh, your child uh, any advice uh, for uh, college to start? Just 
you know, it's kind of one of those things, have fun, but be smart. Have you fun, know? but be smart. That's, that's pretty That's pretty good advice, Rob. I'll take that at 844-404-1067 or call the confession hotline 404-436-2007. And the, the best call will win tickets to see the Braves Yankees on August 28th. Um, and th- this is one of the, uh, the themes of this show, if it hasn't become obvious by now. I, people tell me stuff all the time, and they look at me like they assume I'm just going to agree with them. And I, I don't know if it's just the way I was raised or it's just something my genetic code, but my reaction is kind of, oh, yeah? Why? Or, well, really? Explain why. How many times have you heard the sentence, everybody should go to college? President Obama says it all the time. Politicians say it all the time. Everybody should go to college. No, they shouldn't. Idiotic on his face. Two-thirds of the people I went to high school with absolutely did not belong in college. Uh, Does anyone really believe that? And yet you hear it all the time. And I want people... The problem isn't just that people say dumb things. Then you do dumb things to back it up. And so you dump all this money into the public college system. You dump all this tax dollars into the uh, Georgia system that's costing us... uh, tens of millions of dollars. Then you dump all this money into student grants that cost us hundred, you know, tens of millions more. And then you dump all this money into student loans. And then what is the net outcome? The net outcome is not good. It's middle-class and lower middle-class families who could ill afford the debt, sending the kids off to school, not sure why and what they're going to get out of it. And then they carry that debt the rest of their lives. If only somebody had said early on, no, everyone doesn't belong in college. When Mrs. Bill Clinton says to the emoji Americans out there, you know, send me the emojis that best describe how you feel about your college debt. She announces that everyone should be able to go to college without getting a loan. Well, that means everyone should be able to go to college with someone else paying for it. Do you think about the kids, you know, do they all deserve to have you to pay to send them to college? Answer: Of course not. The uh, the the smart, obvious thing to do is to say to the kids who are really really good at academics, you should be able to go to college, and as long as you get uh, you know maintain a very high grade point average, you should be able to go for free, because we want you to be super educated and super smart and without any debt, because we know that out of every hundred thousand of you kids that we generate. Whatever, you know, 500 of you are going to start amazing Apple-like businesses and you're going to create lots of jobs. So it's in our interest to send you on. But for the kind of mediocre kids or the music major kids, you know, like me in English lit, no, not so much. And the idea that I should have been able to just go to college and hang out with friends and, you know, study English literature. Yeah, that's what I did. And I should be able to do that on your dime for as long as I want without ever incurring any debt. It's just stupid on its face. And yet that's what the woman who will be the nominee of the Democratic Party has proposed. Does anybody agree with that? Anybody? I bet nobody. I bet, if, if you put Hillary Clinton on the truth syrup, she would say it's truth serum. Do they have truth syrup? I don't know. I love syrup. Uh, if you put it under truth serum, she'd say the same thing. No, it's you're absolutely right. It's idiotic. We need all the advice we can get, all the advice for our kids. And obviously, Mrs. Bill Clinton didn't take the key advice. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Lunch at Bite Bistro. 
doesn't have to cost dough because every day on Michael Graham's show Hey wait a minute that's me the lunch line. Kick it You get free lunch if you call in 844-404-1067 That's right, you listen to the show, we give you a line from the show or from the news, from a newsmaker. You finish the line, you win free lunch. Once again, our sponsor this week is tasteofatlanta.com. Coming up September 25th to 27th, 90 participating restaurants. Today's lunch lunch line uh, lunch is from Bite Bistro, one of those 90 participating restaurants. All you have to do is finish this line from Mrs. Bill Clinton. You may have seen that I recently launched a Snapchat account. I love it. Those messages. Finish that line and it's all yours at 844-404-1067. So there's a lot of conversation going on about uh, Donald Trump's plan to end what's called birthright citizenship. And that is the premise that. If you're visiting here from China, you're a student here from Uruguay, you're, uh, a, you've snuck across the border from Mexico or Central America, and so you're a citizen of another country, you're a recognized citizen of another country, and you are governed as a citizen by the laws of another country, that if you happen to have a kid here, your kid's an American. And, you know, people really haven't thought much about that in the past. Because back when we were dealing with this issue, first when America was a new country, we wanted lots and lots of people to come here and lots and lots of people to be citizens. And then when you had the uh, end of slavery, we needed a constitutional amendment to protect slaves from losing their citizenship, from being declared, hey, you weren't a citizen when you were born, therefore you're not a citizen, you can't vote. So we passed these amendments. But that has nothing to do with the world today. The idea that just by being here, you get... You get to be a citizen. And uh, I'm getting a lot of blowback from people on the interwebs because I've said for decades now that we should end birthright citizenship saying, but Michael, you're a racist hater. But I don't know what you're talking about because nobody else. I say nobody else. Virtually nobody else does what we do. And I want to run this idea by you in just a second. So you can tell me who sounds dumber The people who like Donald Trump and me who want to get rid of birthright citizenship or the people who want it. First, so let's give away some free lunch or at least try to with Dan. Dan, good morning. How you doing? Good, you? Just great. We're going to play this line from Mrs. Bill Clinton. You give us the big comedy finish, okay? Got it. Here we go. You may have seen that I recently launched a Snapchat account. I love it. Those messages. Dan? Disappear all by themselves. Yep, I love yep, it. Yep. Those messages disappear all by themselves. Dude, you nailed it. Even oh my god, I, this is great. You got to call in. You got to call in as Hillary on the confession hotline sometime, Dan. That was great. Uh, Dan wins, wins free lunch for, at Bite Bistro, courtesy of TasteofAtlanta.com. We give away free lunch every day at this time, so be listening for the lunch line. And yes, we got the confession hotline coming up in about ten minutes at four zero four four three six two thousand seven. We got a ton of calls of people offering. Their advice to college kids. But if you've still got a good one, you could win those Braves tickets. Okay. So here's the here's what happens. Let's say that my lovely bride, Buttercup, and I uh, decide, let's say she's pregnant, and we decide 
you know, you're not due for another six weeks. We're going to zip down to Cozumel and have a little weekend together before you have the kid and, blah, you know, and, and all the hard work comes with the kid, right? Normally. And let's say that while we were there, oh, my gosh, her water breaks. She goes into, you know, labor. She has a kid in Cozumel. Is little Mikey Jr., little Buttercup Jr., are they Mexican citizens? Hell no. Let's say that I go to Ireland to visit my buddy George Hook and the radio show I do over there every week. And I'm hanging out with George and my lovely bride breaks her water. And right there in Dublin, you know, I'm hammered out of my mind, which I am the entire time in Ireland. And she's having a kid. Is my little, is it now Michael Seamus O'Malley Graham? Is it O Buttercup Graham? No. My kid is an American citizen and more importantly is not a citizen of Ireland or any other EU country. That's the law. That's how it is. Out of about a hundred and what is it? A hundred. Uh, I'll, I'll give you the number here in just a second. But of all the countries in the world, only a handful of countries do what America does, which is say, if you can somehow be born here, you get all the rights of citizenship. We're one of the only ones who does it out of here we go. Out of one hundred and ninety four countries, one hundred ninety four, thirty three zero grant automatic citizenship to people born to illegal immigrants. We're one of the 30. Because in other places in the world, they go, that's crazy. I mean, just because you happen, you, know, you happen to be born here while you're either traveling through uh, on vacation or you're here on work or, even more egregious, you sneak into our country. You don't get to declare yourself an, a, a citizen of France or Germany or Uzbekistan under those circumstances. Now, the uh, people who... Uh, are either pro-amnesty or just anti-Trump. And once again, I'm an anti-Trumper. But um, they say, well, this is, you don't have to amend the Constitution. This is outrageous. Michael, he, he's a nut. You're not going to amend the Constitution. Wait a minute. Well, first of all, how did we end up with the 14th Amendment? Hint, hint, amendment. We amended the Constitution. So amending the Constitution is not, I mean, it happens. We do it as we're supposed to. That was how it was designed. We wouldn't even be having this conversation if there hadn't been an amendment to the Constitution. So amending an amendment to the Constitution is, you know, it's, it's hard to do, but that doesn't make it good or bad. That's just a thing. But secondly, how crazy do you sound when you say, I, Michael, I think it's completely reasonable that if you're flying from, you know, Japan to Western Europe and you happen to take a route that takes you through Hawaii and onto the U.S., and your wife has a kid while she's on the plane, she should be an American citizen. And she should, and that kid should have all the rights. That's, a, that's crazy. Particularly given that none of the countries involved, Japan or Europe, would do the same for you. This is my point. Make people defend dumb ideas. Don't get lost in the weeds of, well, what about the Constitution? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Maybe this is a constitutional issue. Maybe it's not. It's never been fully challenged in court. It hasn't certainly been recently challenged in court. Maybe the only way to fix this problem is with the constitutional amendment. Maybe, maybe not. But can you at least tell me, do you agree that it's a problem? The reason why Donald Trump has heat behind him is because the average, normal, typical person listens to that and goes, say what? That's craziness. You could be American just because your mom was here for an hour to have a kid. You do know that we have citizenship tourism, right? Wealthy families from other countries come here specifically to have babies, not because they can't afford, not to forget the people who are here 
illegal immigrants who are, you know, fiscally destitute. That's another issue. But we have people from Asian company countries who want their children to have the protections of American citizenship. They write checks to come to the United States to have kids, and they pay for all the bills. They're not on the dole. They write checks to the hospital. They write checks to the doctor. But they want the citizenship. The mom is here just long enough to have the kid. Why, does she, why doesn't she do that in Europe, you ask? Because she can't. <laughs> because in Europe, they won't grant her kid citizenship. We're the only people who do it. So on all these topics, whether it's everyone should go to college or Hillary did what you know nothing wrong or birthright citizenship, ask the question, does this make any sense? And that's where the conversation, I think, gets very interesting. 844-404-1067. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. Good morning, 1149. I am Michael Graham. So glad that you are here. 844-404-1067. Remember, before you send your kids off to college, make sure that they know just how special they are. Preschoolers sometimes now sing a song to the tune of Farajaka that goes like this. I am special. I am special. Look at me. Look at me. <laughs> and now the kids who have been singing that are in college, which is the perfect place for them. Rusty writes, Michael, on birthright citizenships, you're trying to subvert the 14th Amendment. It is ludicrous. You cannot nullify the Constitution. Uh, repealing the 14th Amendment would delegitimize the citizenship of every living African-American in this country. Uh, well, once again, first of all, the 14th Amendment was, in fact, an amendment to the Constitution. That's why it's called an amendment. Secondly, not a lot. How many? Uh, Brandon, uh, you know a lot of people in the uh, black African-American people of color community, right? Just a few. How many were born here in the United States into slavery? Ballpark figure. What percentage? Well, of today's? Of today, yeah. B- today. People who are alive today were actually born as slaves in slaveholding states. Probably less than 1%. Probably less than 1%. Yes, yes, Rusty. I will go back and check your math, Rusty. Less than what John Kasich's numbers. If you take it away now, what about the black people born into slavery? Uh, not, I'm guessing most most black Americans were, in fact, not born as slaves. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty I'm, sure I'm, that just about all of them. Yeah, I mean, even Strom Thurmond wasn't able to date people born in this and he tried and so i don't think that's really but this is the kind of what i'm saying nobody wants to debate the issues what they want to do is yell at you hater racist extremist blah 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 as opposed to the natural truth and now it's time for the one the only the world famous thank you for calling the confession hotline the confession hotline brought to you today by our friends the atlanta braves who have tickets for you to see the braves yankees on august first place yankees they will not be in first place on august 28th how's 1996 taste atlanta uh, yeah okay here we go yeah kids just starting out at college be sure to start asking dad for money right now <laughs> in fact as soon as you get the acceptance letter uh, because eventually he's going to run out, and you might as well get all you can in the early years. Get all the money you can. Also, sign if you're going to go the loan route and the grant route. Sign up for every stinking loan you might. You might if you're going to go over the edge. You might as well go in the biggest barrel you can. Uh, yeah, the best piece of advice I ever got about college. I was sitting on a toilet in the chemistry building at the University of Georgia, mm-hmm. and I was reading the writing on the wall, and somebody had written real big, "School sucks," <laughs> and then right under it, somebody else had written, "Well, then go home." Kind of hit me right in and there. Uh, you don't want to be here. You don't have to be here. 
That's a piece of, good piece of advice. That happened to me. Don't want to be here, don't have to be First here. First day of English class, she's like, if you don't want to be here, leave. And he you left. <laughs> uh, and now you're in radio. Yep. Says it all. Yeah, when going on a panty raid, uh-huh. don't get the big panties. Big things <laughs> go in big panties. Don't get the big panties. Okay. Yeah, you know those fake $100 bills? You know, the ones that look like a $100 bill on one side, and then they got Bible verses on right. the other side? Mm-hmm. Yeah, strippers don't like it at all when you put those in their dollar bill. <laughs> strippers don't like dollar bill Bible verses. You got it. Okay, thank you, sir. Dougie, Dougie, Michael Graham. Hey! Your arch nemesis and competitor, Herman Cain. <laughs> I got advice to people going to school. Take business classes. I'll be teaching one at Georgia Tech. How to make everything in a nine. Nine, nine, nine. <laughs> That's the best thing for college kids. You really need to find something else no to kidding. do. Make everything a nine. nine. All right, thank you. My one line for college students would be, no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. It's deep. Very, very deep. That's I, philosophical. I, I, say, I think my mom has that on her fridge right now. Don't let school get in the way of your education. Okay, I get that. I get what you're going with I that. get what okay. he means by that. Absolutely. A little bit of hazing never hurt anyone. That's right. A little hazing never hurt anyone. Yes, sir, you are so right. Yeah, all the college students, ramen noodles, throw away the seasoning packet. Just get yourself some hot dogs and a whole bunch of Taco Bell sauce packets and eat it every night at midnight. You'll sleep like a baby. You'll wake (laughs) up and be ready for classes the next day. Okay, ramen noodles, dump the seasoning Add hot dogs and ta- uh, Taco Bell sauce. That just sounds like a bad trip to the bathroom. That just know. sounds like the dude was high. That, that sounds like a great meal. Are you kidding me? Does this sound delicious? Oh my gosh! I got to try this one, honey. Yes, my. Uh, oh, sorry. Yes, my uh, college advice for little Johnny is just because you had a lifelong dream of being a marine biologist or a doctor or a lawyer doesn't necessarily mean that's what you're going to end up being. I don't know if that's the advice. It's kind of kind of fat. downer. Advice for freshmen yes. in college: take a roommate that can lie really well. Because back in the day when I went to school, there were no cell phones, so your parents call right. your room, and your roommate is supposed to be able to make up a lie about where you are when you're not where you're supposed to be. That is a key. You still need advice. somebody that can lie for you. Generally speaking, in life, yeah, but particularly in college, you need a roommate who will get your back. I think that's very good advice. The advice that I gave each of my sons uh, as we dropped them off at college as freshmen was remember who you are and remember whose you are. Okay, it's good. I think my mom so gave advice. me that same advice for that. I am a Did product of Jesus. But that's that's a very good thing to remember, and you certainly and need it to remember didn't in work. college. <sighs> I told my son when he went out to college, have fun, but get your schooling done. Okay. At least he made it rhyme. Exactly. It's good. It's, it's helpful to remember. You know, I have fun and do something else. I forget <laughs> what that what, what was I supposed to do? Get my schooling. Oh, I have fun. My panties have a run. No, that's not it. Uh... Yeah, I would like to give uh, a kid going into college some good advice. Have fun, but make your education your priority. Another, another turn on the same uh, concept? Yes. Uh, students, please go to your classes with the concept that you want to learn all that you can, including the underlying principles, not just the fact that's broke memory. So there you go. That's the Confession Hotline with advice for uh, students uh, 
And I got to tell you, when you're mentioning panties and strippers and ramen noodles, I think you know your uh, demo. Uh, do we have a winner, Brandon? Do we have a microphone? Do have I a winner, think Brandon? caller three should you win. You think so? Yeah, when going on a panty raid, don't get the big panties. Big things go in big panties. I don't know. Uh, number four was pretty good, too. Yeah, you know those fake $100 bills? You know, the ones that look like a $100 bill on one side, and then they got Bible verses on the other side? Yeah, strippers don't like it at all when you put those in their get, daughter belt. Since panty raids are directly related to college, I think we're going to go with caller number three. There you go. we got tickets for you to go see the Braves facing the Yankees August 28th. We do the confession hotline every day around this time. Radio broadcasting legend, The Kimmer, coming up next. I'll see you tomorrow morning, 9 to noon. I am Michael Graham. This podcast of The Michael Graham Show is brought to you by Matt Hermes. If you have a high-end home and you're looking to sell, call Matt at Keller Williams Realty. Matt Hermes specializes in luxury homes in areas like Hamilton Mill, Sugarloaf, Chateau Elan, and more. For more information, visit atlantahomesguru.com forward slash radio. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.